Well, good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be with you today, even though it's only through internet. For my introduction, I would like to ask you a question. Now, what are some traits of character that you expect from Christians? I mean, from real Christians, born-again Christians, Christians that have given their lives over to Jesus Christ, Christians that have come to the cross, repented, and asked for, for forgiveness. Now, what are some traits of character that you should see in that person? I was thinking about that a few days ago, and naturally, uh, uh, a few verses came into my mind, but one classic is uh, Galatians 5.22. I'll just read it for you. It's written, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So here what Paul is describing is the traits of character that the Holy Spirit will work in you so you can bear these, these fruits. And uh, we should bear them. But you know, when I came to the cross, that is not one of the traits of character of Jesus that actually made me bend my knees and cry out for forgiveness. Actually, the trait of character I want to talk to you about today is forgiveness. Are you a forgiving person? What I would like to do is bring seven thoughts to you this morning about forgiveness. So, let's begin. My first thought about forgiveness in relationship to you and I as a Christian is this. Why should I forgive? That's the first question that pops in my mind. Suppose somebody hurts you deeply. He says something, he does something, or he or she does not do something, and it really, really uh, wounds you. Why should you forgive that person? Why not just say, you know what? Ray, I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Ray, I'm not going to look at him anymore. Ray, I'm not even going to think about him anymore. Why forgive that person? The Word of God tells us, first of all, why should I forgive? It's because it's a commandment. Take a look at Ephesians 4, verse 32. And it's written, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. So it's a commandment. But I want you to notice something. Paul begins by saying, and be kind. Then he says, tender-hearted. Then he says, forgiving one another. Now, my question is, if I have a hard time forgiving somebody, if I keep a grudge concerning somebody, does that not reflect that I'm not kind? Does that not reflect that I am not tender-hearted? Because if I'm kind towards somebody, if I'm tender-hearted towards somebody, naturally, I will have a tendency to forgive that person. And by the way, why should I forgive? The second phrase is like really big. Just as God in Christ forgave you, why should I forgive? It's because I've been forgiven. Mm. My thousands, my millions, my billions of sins that I do in my lifetime have been forgiven because Christ on the cross has received the judgment of the Father. Now, if God loved me that much by forgiving me, 
should I not also forgive others? So brothers and sisters, my first thought about forgiving, which is so important, there would be no Christianity, no salvation, if there were not forgiveness. So my first thought is this, why should I forgive? It's a commandment, but also it's because that's what God did towards me. Always remember that. When you have a, a hard time to forgive somebody, you have been forgiven, pass it on. Be a vessel of forgiveness for somebody else. My second thought is this about forgiveness. What is the limit to my forgiving someone? Now, normally, especially if you work, you know, there's always this annoying person. And you have a hard time with that person. I'll give you an example. You're at the office or you're at work in, in a company or whatever. Uh, somebody goes and gets a coffee and he steps on your foot. Oh, sorry, Ray. Oh, that, 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 that's okay, James. You know, it's okay. I'm saying James because he's the one that's recording this. And then James goes and gets a coffee and, and he comes back and or, or, steps on my foot again. You know, and, oh, sorry, Ray. Oh, it's okay, James. It's, it's okay. Just be careful, please. And then James goes to work and then oh, he has to do some photocopying and he passes in front of me and this time he steps on my other foot. Ah, oh, sorry, Ray. So then Ray blows up. Hey, James, wake up. You know, you're always, you know, stepping on my feet. Be careful. And, and, and Ray, you know, inside, uh, he has a hard time forgiving James because he finds he's stupid. So what's the limit of my forgiveness? Actually, Peter asked that question to Jesus in Matthew 18 verses 21 and 22. And it's written, Then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Now, <clears throat> Peter, when he says, up to seven times, I mean, that was a lot. Imagining in one day forgiving somebody seven times because he hurt you? Isn't that a lot? Of course it's a lot. So Peter thought he was pretty good when he said, you know, up to seven times. Well, this is the answer of Jesus. In verse 22, in Matthew 18, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Actually, Jesus is blown, <clears throat> sorry, Jesus is blowing away the seven times of, of Peter. He's saying, no, that's, that's not enough. 70 times 7. It gives the idea is that you always forgive, always forgive, and you always forgive. So maybe there's somebody in your life that's been irritating you. Maybe you've been holding back your forgiveness from somebody. And, uh, or maybe somebody you have forgiven many, many times. And this time, it's just too much. You know, you've got up to here. Jesus says, no, it's 70 times 7. So what's the living, uh, the living, sorry, the limit to my forgiving others? Well, there's none. We are asked to forgive and forgive and forgive. So the, my first thought about forgiveness is that, uh, why should I forgive? It's a commandment. Second thought, what's the limit to my forgiveness? Jesus says, there's no limit. A third thought concerning forgiveness is this. Uh, what happens when I resist forgiving somebody? What happens when I resist forgiving somebody? Somebody has done you wrong, insulted you, or, or whatever, and uh, you know you should forgive that person. 
the Holy Spirit speaks to you and he prompts you to uh, be in peace and harmony with that person, to forgive what that person has done. But inside, you just don't want to do it. You want to keep a grudge. You want to be angry. And why do that? It's because you feel good about it, you know? But what happens if I resist forgiving somebody? The Word of God says, when I do that, you know, weeks and months, and I've seen Christians mad at other people, not forgiving other people for years. What happens? Well, the Word of God says that there's a judgment upon me. Think about it. I am not willing to forgive somebody. The hand of God, the hand of His judgment is upon me and upon my life. Please turn to Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. Now, we are in the Sermon of the Mount. And this is what Jesus says about forgiveness. For if you forgive men their trespasses, that's good. You know, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So what Jesus is teaching here is that the way you act, the way you react, the way you deal with people, the Father is going to use that, the same measure, with you. So Jesus says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will also forgive you. But look at verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, if you hold back forgiving somebody, if you have a grudge against somebody, or your heart is hardened against that person, and you don't act in a godly way, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, if you make a choice, I don't want to, if you resist the Holy Spirit, no, I will not. Jesus says, neither will your father Forgive your trespasses. If you keep on breaking your relationship with that person because your heart is hard and you don't forgive that person, God says, well, I'm going to treat you the same way. And He breaks our relationship with Him. Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, I just have a question for you. Is it worthwhile? Because, you know, I believe there's a lot of Christians that they go to churches they have ministries, they go to prayer meetings, let's say, uh, they give money, they sing their heart out, and they think they're so fine with God and my relationship with my Lord is great. But at the same time, there's one or two people in the church that you can't stand and you haven't forgiven because they said or they did something. I want to tell you something. Your relationship with God is not great. You might think so. But Jesus says, no, if you don't forgive that person, God won't forgive you. And the relationship is broken. Now, that doesn't mean you're not a child of God anymore, naturally, because Christ at the cross paid for all of your iniquities. But the communion with God is not there. You might think it is. And when you pray, maybe your prayers don't go higher than the ceiling. Why? Because you have closed your heart to your brother and you refrain willingly from forgiving him. Wow, huh? Think about it. So, first of all, why should I forgive? It's because it's a commandment. Second of all, uh, what's the limit of my forgiving others? There's no limit. Third, what happens if I resist forgiving somebody? The judgment of God is upon me. And I think that's something you do not want to have. And maybe, actually, I don't know. Maybe in your life, things are not going great at all because of that. A fourth thought is this. My lack of forgiving somebody 
brings sorrow to that person. I'll say it again. My lack of forgiving that person brings sorrow to that person. Now, usually people don't forgive others because they're irritated, but also it's as though they have some power over them and it makes them feel good. But it makes feel the other person lousy. Imagine if your spouse came to you and last night your spouse said something stupid and, and you know, your heart was broken and he or she realizes it. And uh, that person comes to you and says, uh, you know, honey, last night I said blah, blah, blah. And uh, it really hurt you. And, and I, I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me. And you look at that spouse and you say, no. Imagine the hurt that you are bringing upon, the hurt that you are pouring upon that person who comes to you and, 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 he, and he asks you for forgiveness and he, and he says that he's so sorry for what he has done and you look at him and you say no. Listen to this verse, what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 6 and 7. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man. Now the context of this is, is, is this. In his first letter to the Corinthians, uh, Paul was talking about a Christian who had um, sexual encounters with one of the concubines of his father. That's what we understand. And uh, he was kicked out of the church because of that. So this is what he's saying. So this is uh, quite some time after. So he said, this punishment of chastising him, which was inflicted by the majority, is sufficient for such a man. Now, verse 7, it's written, so that, on the contrary, you ought to rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. So what we understand is that there were some people in the congregation that forgave him, but it seems that some did not. And because of that, Paul says, hey, 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 be careful. That man might be swallowed up with too much sorrow. And he says, you ought rather to forgive. You ought rather to comfort him. Now, we can be an agent of forgiveness, an agent of comfort, instead of being an agent of bringing sorrow. So the lack of forgiveness, whether it's for a child, somebody in the family, somebody at work, somebody in the church, the only thing, well, no, it's not true. It's not the only thing. But one of the things that it does is that you pour on sorrow. You load that person up with sorrow. Now, is that really what you want to do? Does God do that with you when you sin? Does he pour on his wrath or pour on more sorrow so you feel even more miserable? Does God enjoy uh, pouring his judgment upon you because he doesn't want to forgive you? And the answer is no. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to repent. And he wants to forgive you. So, so please, please think about that. If you have a hard time forgiving somebody, that person is feeling sorrowful. I don't know if it's the right word, but sorrowful because you reject to forgive him. So what have we learned so far about forgiveness? First of all, I forgive because it's a commandment. And if I'm a true child of God, I need to listen to my father. Second of all, what's the limit to me forgiving others? Well, there is no limit. 
Third of all, what happens if I resist? I don't want. I resist forgiving somebody. Well, the judgment of God is upon me. And fourth, the lack of my forgiveness will bring sorrow upon others. I've got three more. Let's, let's continue. My fifth thought about forgiveness is this, which is the flip side of number four. Forgiveness brings a blessing. Forgiveness brings a blessing upon that person. If you take time to read Psalm 32, verse 1, this is what is written. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, the context of this is God in relationship with uh, believers in, in Israel, his people. And the author of uh, this psalm says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And we can see that <clears throat> the blesser is God, and the one who is blessed is the one whose transgressions have been forgiven. Now, I'm not God, and you're not God, naturally. But in a relationship where somebody transgresses you, and you forgive him, what happens is that you are a, uh, a giver of blessings. You pour a blessing on that person. And that blessing is what? Well, that blessing is being forgiven. Now, have you ever asked somebody forgiveness? You know, it's, it was really, really big. And the person says, yes, I, I forgive you. What was the emotion that you felt? Isn't it a wonderful emotion, eh? The care of the world flies away. The load on your shoulder just falls down. That person has blessed you by forgiving you. Now, I can be an agent in the hands of God to bring blessings unto others by forgiving them, especially if it's in the name of God. So, brothers and sisters... If, if there is somebody that needs to be forgiven by you, remember that you can bless that person by forgiving him. And please do so. A sixth thought is this. And I find this is a very, very important one. They're all important, and there's more than seven. It's just thoughts that I have. My sixth thought is this. Forgiving others reflects the character of Jesus Christ. Forgiving others reflects the character of Jesus Christ. If truly you are born again, and when we truly are, the, the Holy Spirit comes and abides in us, He lives in us, and He begins this transformation, which is called sanctification, to make us what? To make us more and more Christ-like, right? Forgiving others reflects the character of Jesus Christ. I'll give you an example of this. It's found in Luke 23, Verse 34, and uh, this is at the end of the life of Jesus. Then Jesus said, while he's on the cross, forgive them. I just want to stop here. On the cross, Jesus says, forgive them. Within 12 hours about, he passed through six trials. He was spat on, hit upon. He was crowned with the thorns piercing his skin. He was whipped by a Roman soldier and half of his back was ripped off. Uh, most of the people that were whipped, did you know, did not survive that. Jesus did. He carried his cross and he's nailed on the cross. Now, what is Jesus thinking? Father, forgive them. That is the purest 
trait of character that you can find in such a situation, wanting to forgive people that are actually killing you. For they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. So when I forgive others, I reflect that trait of character of Christ that should be in me. Now, if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, and if you do have problems forgiving other people, red light, red light, red light, there's something that's going wrong. Uh, you are really, really walking in the flesh. Or I would go a step further. Do you think you're a Christian and you really are not? Because it's one of the big traits of character that the Holy Spirit gives you to be able to forgive others. It's like a checkpoint. And my final thought is this, which is the flip, flip side of what I just said. Not forgiving others reflects your character. Not forgiving others reflects your character. Take a look at what John says in 1 John, the fourth chapter, verses 20 and 21. You know, people say John is the, uh, the apostle of love. If you really read John, he is really, really hard on the people. Now, in John, 1 John 4, verse 20, he says, If someone says, I love God, I go to church, I do so many things, I help the poor, I feed the hungry, you know, and, and you do so many things in the name of God. Okay, let's say, I love God. And hates his brother. Now, hating somebody is not forgiving him. It's part of not forgiving him for whatever reason. So if you say, I love God, and you hate your brother, you don't forgive him or whatever, John says he is a liar. If you say you love God, but you hate your brother, and one of the signs that you hate somebody is that you don't forgive him, John says, well, actually, it's the Holy Spirit through John says, you are a liar. And you know who you're lying to? To yourself, mostly. To yourself. You make a big show. You come on Sundays. You have ministries and this and that. But actually, you have a grudge. You don't forgive. You're a liar. You don't really love God. Why? Because we have seen that if you love God, you need to forgive others as he has forgiven us in Christ. And verse 20 continues, For he who does not love his brother whom he sees, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And John is saying, look, people around you that you can see, if you hate them or if you don't love them, how can you love God that you don't see? And, and it's true. We ought to be able to love and to forgive people that are around us, because we see them. So do I really, really love God? In verse 21, it's written, This command we have from Him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Again, it's a commandment. You say you love God? You say you're born again? But at the same time, you don't forgive certain people because of whatever reason in you. And most of the time, you know what, just between me and you, nobody else is listening. Most of the time we don't forgive others, it's because of pride. Our pride has been hurt somewhere, and we don't forgive. He who loves God must love his brother also. So when you don't love and you don't forgive, what happens? You're just manifesting your true 
character. And you know what? Again, between me and you, it's very easy to see when people have a grudge against you, the way they act, the way they talk or the way they don't talk, the way they don't look at you, the way that they walk uh, besides you and don't say hi and so forth. So these are my seven thoughts, just as a reminder. First of all, why should I forgive? Because it's a commandment. Second, what is the limit for my forgiving others? There's no limit. Third, what happens when I resist forgiving somebody? Well, the judgment of God is upon me. Fourth, my lack of forgiveness brings sorrow upon others. Five, forgiveness brings a blessing. Why not be a blesser in your life? Six, forgiving others reflects the character of Christ. And finally, seven, not forgiven reflects your true character. So my conclusion is this. If this morning, if this morning you are a person that has difficulty to forgive those who have offended you, if this morning you keep a grudge, you have bitterness in your heart or resentment against somebody, anyone, you need to search your heart because that's not Christ-like. And you need to repent before the Lord and bring forgiveness to that person. Let him or her know. My final thought is the lack of forgiveness will bring God's judgment upon you. It will destroy your relationship with God and with others. And it will bring shame on the name of the good Lord. So please think about this. I'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that in your grace you have forgiven our trespasses because of what Christ has done and suffered at the cross for us. Father, may I be a person that is willing to forgive others just as you were willing to forgive me through Jesus Christ. Amen.